Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Geo and Joey show. Today, we're going to talk about a tragic event that took place in Tennessee. And we want to remember mainly the victims of this tragic event before we dive into the main topic. And Joey is going to lead us in a short prayer for the victims. And then we'll talk about what took place. Joey, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to read their names so we can think about them. And I apologize if I butcher some of these, my heart's in the right place, but Evelyn Dickoss, nine, Mike Hill, 61, William Kinney, nine, Catherine Kuntz, 60, Cynthia Peak, 61, and Haley Scruggs. So obviously as we get into the topic we're going to do, we just want to lift up them and their, their families and their church. I don't know what they're going to, but we just want to lift them up. And that the Holy Spirit would be with them and comfort them at this time. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we don't know why all the evil things that happen happen, but we know that it grieves your heart even more than it grieves ours. So we want to ask that you be with the families and friends of these children and these staff. Please comfort them. Let them feel your presence and give them the hope of your soon coming. In your name, amen. 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 This topic, obviously, with myself being a father of three, touches my heart because my oldest is going to be eight, so close to nine years old. And it's tough, but we see that once again, an event like this, instead of drawing people together, people start taking political stances. But nevertheless, they miss what could be at the center of this. Let the audience know where we're headed with this today. I think something tragic that happens is we try to assign blame to our political opponents. And so I just want to be very clear from the outset, the person responsible for this shooting is the shooter. That's the only person responsible for the shooting. So we're going to talk about some things we think maybe some underlying issues. Democrats aren't responsible for this shooting. No, your Democratic congresswoman or congressman is not responsible. The shooter is responsible. And we got to be able to talk about the issues without demonizing half the country. Because I think most people of goodwill, like they see this story and they're just heartbroken, whether they're right or left. So I like that point you made, Gio. One one point that I did want to bring out that struck me, and I know when we were texting about this, actually, you said you you were surprised when you saw that it was a female shooter. Because normally when there's one of these events, it's almost always a young male shooter. And then as we dug into the story, we see that this person identifies as a man, but it's a biological woman who has been on testosterone and the shootings happen. And we're going to go through some tweets and stuff, but there's been a, over the last few years, and it's obviously not been very well reported on, but there's been a tragic rise in this kind of violence from gender dysphoric people who have been treated for gender dysphoria with transition drugs. And I think that is something that we should highlight. Yeah, I think we should highlight that. And let's look at a couple of these tweets and talk about a couple of these individuals and perhaps try to glean some information and share some information with the audience of what may be taking place, at least from our point of view. And from a biblical point of view. The main person's Twitter account that we're going off of is Andy No, 
He's a investigative journalist. He's done really good work throughout the years, breaking stories that the mainstream media doesn't want to cover. And I believe he's a member of the LGBT community himself. I believe he identifies as a gay man. So it's not, oh, he's some right-wing anti-trans person. He's just telling the truth as he sees it. Yeah, so this first tweet here, those of you that are watching on YouTube can see it, but it says, Breaking 28-year-old woman, Aubrey Hale, who uses he, him pronouns, is identified as the armed militant who shot up a Christian school in Nashville, killing three children and three staff. The shooting follows trans activists making death threats over Tennessee banning minors' medical transitioning. Yeah, that was an interesting part of this story, is Tennessee has recently passed some legislation to protect children from like drag shows and from being medically transitioned before the age of eight. What I have seen, and this is where society when you have a forum in which you speak of like twitter there have been people who have been hinting at that it was because of this transgender law passed in tennessee that that was the motivation for audrey to do these things and even if that was her motivation that does not make it right just because a law passes that you're not in favor of does not mean you can take vigilante justice and not only on top of that, though, unfortunately, many people who support this kind of behavior are appealing to violence, as we shall see in a couple of other tweets. One of the things that struck me, too, is there were some initial news reports of this story. And in initial news reports, they identified the person as a woman. And then you have, like, I think USA Today, like, tweeted out a correction saying, we apologize, this person doesn't identify as a woman, and we misgender them, and that's what they're almost like. The horrible thing is the murder that this person committed, and we've got news publications worried about, oh, we misgendered this killer. I just think if it wasn't so tragic, it would be humorous. We're dealing with the absurd, where no longer words have meaning, where it's like we're living in the book 1984 all over again, where they cause confusion upon people simply because of the play on words with the cognitive dissonance a boy is not a boy a girl's not a girl two plus two doesn't equal four it equals five if people catch the reference to the book 1984 all this cognitive dissonance and all this confusion in society leads to anxiety confusion leads to anxiety clarity leads to peace of mind and what we don't have when it comes to gender and gender dysphoria is clarity. Before in the past, we had clarity on these issues. If you believed you were a man, but you were a biological woman, that was considered something that needed to be treated mental health wise. And there was clarity. If you felt this way, you needed mental health. But now people are celebrating, people are promoting it. TikTok has become a cesspool for encouraging this. And so now kids are under confusion, and confusion leads to anxiety. We've seen, obviously, this rise in this particular kind of shooting, right? This gender dysphoric individuals. But we've also seen a rise in mass shootings of young white men, of young men in general. But we're just seeing a rise in violence across this country. And I think part of this story that we have, we have to tell ourselves is, there's been a decline in religiosity and spirituality in America, right? America, obviously, we were a Protestant country, right? So we didn't force people to worship. But the culture 
that undergird our civil life was Christian largely. Most people chose to be Christian. And I've heard it described as this guy, Aaron Wren, who talks about how we moved from a positive culture to a negative culture. And in that, he meant the relationship of Christianity to the regular populace. For most of American history, if you were part of the church, if you're an elder in the church, that was considered a good thing. And now we're in a negative culture where if you're associated with the church, that's considered negative. And I think as we've ripped those spiritual roots out, people are just driftless and, like you said, anxious and depressed. And I think it's no wonder that we've seen an increase in violence. Look at this next Twitter feed from Andy and what he had to say. It says, was the Nashville trans mass shooter on cross-sex hormones, in this case, testosterone? Women committing mass shootings are exceptionally rare. But if Audrey, Aiden, quote-unquote, Hale took testosterone, it could explain part of the male-typical mass violence the Christian school tragically experienced. I think that's an important point that we need to talk about. I know uh, Helena Kirshnaw was a detransitioner. She said that one of the primary effects is when she went on testosterone is she got way more aggressive, both her sex drive and her just lashing out at people was increased by these drugs. Something I want to point out for the audience here on YouTube and those listening on the podcast is Andy has a pride flag right next to his Twitter handle. And we're not opposed to listening or getting information for somebody who believes differently than us because all we're after on this podcast is the truth. And here he is reporting. I wanted to mention that the first time I heard Andy was on the Megan Kelly podcast and where he was reporting about Tifa in Seattle during the riots and how he was attacked even though he's on the left, he was attacked and harassed because of his truthful reporting. Men are very aggressive, can be very aggressive. They have to learn how to control it. But this is who they are. They are men and they have to learn to deal with testosterone. But now you give testosterone to a biological woman and who knows the effects and ramifications of that? I think we're seeing it. This next tweet is very interesting because... People blame the right for gun violence. And yet I know that people who have permission to carry a weapon or who are into the Second Amendment, many of them understand that using your weapon is the last resort and they avoid conflict. And yet here we see this tweet that we're about to show you, how they are promoting violence and promoting gun violence. Go ahead, read this to the audience. So Andy says, in recent months, rhetoric about carrying out revenge and vengeance on society for some states restricting the medical transitioning of minors has surged. Through my reporting on Antifa, I have long observed that disproportionate numbers of violent Antifa members are trans. Still, this rhetoric has become openly violent recently as they feel emboldened by Democrats in the mainstream left. And I think we had a closer up of some of those photos. Too. So yeah, this one says it was a drag queen. She said, if they try to take drag away, we will remind them that we will fight for our liberation. We will raise our bricks high. And that's obviously a reference to, I think it was the Stonewall riots in the last century, right? About a gay bar or something. And they, they had a riot in that department. So obviously that's a call to violence. Imagine if that was somebody 
who with conservative values saying that people would be up in arms. But it seems that those who are pushing this ideology can say about anything they want, even if it's violent, and still get away with it and the media not report. Especially look at the next picture. This is literally an open call to gun violence. You got the guns on there and says trans rights or else. And what I find interesting too, bouncing off what you were just saying, is we don't even have to imagine that much. So I have my issues with President Trump and I think the events of January 6th were horrific. But if you actually go and you look at the speech that Trump gave before the, the January 6th events in the Capitol, where he said, I think his language was inflammatory in the sense that I don't think what he said about the election was true. And I think he was getting people riled up. But he literally said, like his actual words, if you look at them, were, we're going to go to the Capitol and we're going to peacefully assemble. We're going to peacefully protest. Like he said peacefully multiple times. And yet, what has the media said? They said, well, that was a direct call for an insurrection. So in other words, a right-winger saying, we're going to peacefully assemble, that's a call to violence. But you can get explicit calls, and we'll see like the one from Mayor Lightfoot, like literally explicit calls to arms. And that's just, that's not a call to violence, apparently. Before we get to the Mayor Lightfoot one, look at this poster for an event coming up on April Fool's Day. It says, Trans Day of Vengeance. Stop Trans Genocide. Trans Day of Vengeance, April 1st at 11, assembly at SCOTUS, wear a mask, bring a buddy. First of all, there is no genocide for trans people because the laws that are being passed are to protect children. They are to protect children by not allowing them to get hormone transitioning. If they become adults and they want to do that, then they have every right. There is no genocide. Genocide implies the killing of people. And so it's unfair to be using that word so loosely and so callous when there have been groups of people in society that have experienced genocide. One thing that's interesting, too, is the use of the word vengeance there. And I feel like this can go even further because whether you're on the right or the left, right, if you're advocating for vengeance, you're probably in the wrong. Vengeance and justice are two very different things. Right, the Bible's clear, right? Vengeance is the Lord's, right? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Right. So in other words, if you're going out seeking vengeance, you're probably in the wrong. I'm just gonna mention this because it just came up on my screen. I just got a news notification on this topic from the Daily Warrior. It says man was arrested in pro-life clinic firebombing. So just on this topic of increasing violence. Just every day, we're living in perilous times. And because the media tends to whitewash these things or tuck them under a rug or not really promote them, people like us, smaller, I guess, channels have to bring this out because people need to see both sides of the story. Here's a Lightfoot tweet that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, this was, I forget the date of this, but this was... Shortly after the Dobbs decision overturning Roe versus Wade, and Lori Lightfoot, the recently defeated mayor of Chicago, she tweeted out to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. Again, just imagine if that was President T Trump tweeting that out, or if that was some other right wing politician 
how the news would cover it compared to how they have. I've seen this happen enough that I could bet you they were like, no, we don't mean to call it arms of physical gun violence. It's just a metaphor. No, stop it. Because if it was somebody in the conservative values saying that, you would take it. And we saw an example of this, right, with Michael Knowles when he gave that speech at CPAC talking about that the ideology of promoting this to children needs to stop. And people twisted it to say that he was calling for trans people genocide. And that's not what he was saying. And that's why we have to understand and grasp the English language. Context means something. And we see an example of how they do that to a conservative person, but to people on the left, they sweep it under the rug. Yet neither rhetoric should be had. None of this rhetoric of anybody calling to actual physical violence should be tolerated. Okay, here's another tweet by Andy. Yeah, this was chilling. After the shooting there in Nashville, Andy says, some left-wing people on Twitter are sympathetic to the trans shooter who killed children and staff at the Christian school in Nashville. Yeah, one of them tweeted out, I don't condone Audrey Hale's actions, though I understand their outrage against an intolerant state that brainwashes children through religious indoctrination. The reality is this human still identified as that child attending that school and carry that pain into adulthood. And in this person, if you're putting Castro in your name, you're probably on the wrong side. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but he said, I think Tennessee got what it deserved today. You can't victimize people nonstop and expect something bad not to happen. It's interesting that people who are pushing this ideology say things like, we don't want your morality in our business. We don't want a church dictating law. We want a separation of church and state. We want religion out of the public square. And yet they themselves are making moral statements that they want. They want their morality as a religion in the state. What we are saying in the Gio and Joey podcast is that these issues have to be voted on. The majority of people in Tennessee voted for this legislation or for these leaders who pass these legislations. And so when we are in the public square, we have to persuade each other with ideas and logical arguments. And we have to win the day. I fear the day where people who push this ideology win the day. But that's why we have to make podcasts like this and shows like this and support other shows that are promoting truth. Because they are making a moral statement. Go ahead, Joey. And it's interesting that the left is always parading on about our sacred democracy. But yet, when there's examples of democracy, of democratic action that is taken in various places that goes against liberal orthodoxy, then all of a sudden democracy, that's thrown out the window. In other words, it's not so much about democracy as it is about liberalism for these folks okay with the will of the people as long as the people's will is liberal. Exactly. I saw a meme many years ago that says, hey, we will get along just fine as long as you do what I tell you. And that's typically the liberal leaning side. We see democracy taking place. We see democracy taking place in the Supreme Court. 
We just have to use logic, persuasion, truth. In our case, we pray to God for wisdom to make these arguments. But in the end, these were elected officials by the democratic process, and we have to abide by it. Because even when things took place that we didn't like, we protest, but we don't condone violence. We don't promote violence. And we live to fight another day. In the case of abortion, for example, it took 50 years to make that persuasive argument. And finally, the tide has turned. We want to conclude here with a short video. Now, this video took place a long time ago, but we could see that the seeds of this violence has been planted a long time ago. Their identity. Go ahead. No, so. Especially, but even so, you have a thing like Kleinfelter's syndrome. So you don't know what you're talking about. You're not educated on genetics. Would you like to discuss the genetics? Or well, no, your genetics. I, so I'd stay away from the genetics and back to the brain scans. You cut that out now or you'll go home in an ambulance. Yeah, that seems mildly inappropriate for a political discussion. No, I know. But to be fair, but to be fair, you're, you're actually being hey guys, rude. You're, and that's no, no, not no. fair. I'm sorry. It's not rude to say that someone who is biologically a male is a male. You're just someone biologically male is a male. But Mr. So, Shapiro, you knew very well that saying that to Zoe, we egregiously insulted. What do you think of that? Obviously, we saw that threat of violence on live TV. But what I thought was the most disturbing part, and this is the trend that we, we've seen over and over again, is all the other people on the panel, basically. Dr. Drew didn't really, but pretty much everybody else on the panel was defending it and saying, like, how dare you? Like, your words were, you deserve that threat, basically. And it's like, just because he said the truth, said something true. And I don't necessarily recommend the show Family Guy, but there's a clip on there where there's a trans person, there's like a trans woman, so a man in a dress sitting at a bar and he's doing something. And the bartender comes and says to him, he's like, you can't do that in here. And then the person just looks up at him and says, I'm trans. And then the bar person says, oh, okay, do whatever you want and walks away. And it's for too often, that's, it's satire, but satire is funny because it's true. We're in this society where if you can prove that you're the most of a victim, then anything you do is defended. Violence, right? Threats, whatever. You're just defended and applauded. And I think that is also part of this story that we need to talk about with the increasing violence. So Zoe makes that threat. And I remember in that episode that Ben is willing to call her a her if they're in a open society type non-debate. At that time, at least he was. But when they were having a political discussion where truth needs to be front and center, he was going to say the truth. And they didn't like that. And that's the problem with society today. And that's what Gio and Joey advocate. We need the truth no matter whether it hurts or not. Remember the old movie? You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. The truth is we need to be able to handle. And that being said, as we conclude here, Joey wants to share a Bible text with us that's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. He'll read it, expound on it. I'll have a last word. Then we'll sign off. So, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, 
lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with these people. I think, you know, more and more that's the state of society. And I was just thinking, like, what is the message that we can give people a message of hope on a day with such tragic news? And I just think we've got to remember that, like, these times that we're living in, they were foretold. That God's not surprised by the level of evil that Satan's plan has unfolded in this controversy that we're in. And my last thoughts, we got to cling close to Jesus, right? And that's the, we can't force it. But that is the way to peace. That's the way to, it's not going to take you out of troubled times, right? These were Christians, right, at this school. It's not going to take you out of troubled times, but it'll give you a hope during those troubled times. I'm reminded of the poem, Footsteps in the Sand, where this guy gets at the end of his life and he was looking and there was periods where he was walking with God, he was walking with Jesus and there's two footprints. But then all of a sudden, right, with the more difficult parts of his life, there's only one set of footprints. And he like says to Jesus, he says, why'd you abandon me? And Jesus says, I didn't abandon you. That was the moment where I was carrying you because you couldn't make it through. So it doesn't take you out of the trouble of this world, but he promises to be with you. I was thinking, I can't remember the verse, but it says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's uh, my hopeful message to end on. To reiterate, I like what you said. He doesn't take us out of the trouble, but he will get us through the trouble. I like how our preacher said, he doesn't remove us from the storm, but he guides us through the storm. And so we lift up the family again. We ask that the Holy Spirit will comfort them. But I know this, that they have a hope that they will see their loved ones again. If we trust in Christ, if we have him, no matter what happens in this world, we have everlasting hope. And for the killer, may God have mercy on her soul. Because it didn't have to be this way. And everybody who influenced her down this path will be held accountable, if not in this lifetime, but in the lifetime to come. But that being said, cling to Jesus. He's the only one that have peace. These prophecies were foretold. They're not catching God by surprise. Until next time, keep the faith, keep fighting for the faith, and keep helping others to the truth. Okay, Joey, take care, buddy. See you next week. Thank you.